Good morning, I'm Nathan and this is Word in Motion. This is a pod for looking in the mirror of scripture each day, seeing our imperfect selves, and making one change each day to live and love as God intended. Now let one thing be clear as we read the second half of Galatians 3. God knew the law would be broken by every single person. When he set the bar, he knew we would need him to literally lift us over it. It's like a parent who puts the cookie jar on the top shelf. They don't do that to make sure the kid never ever gets a cookie, cruelly teasing them by putting it just out of reach. They do it so their kid, who doesn't really understand nutrition or health or what's best for them, so their kid will ask for help. So their kid will go about having a cookie under a controlled environment, the proper safe environment, what's best for them. So. Something to have in mind as we go into Galatians 3, starting in verse 15. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean, the law which came 430 years afterwards does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promise of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. Verse 22, But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I love this picture of the law as the guardian until the promise was fulfilled. The law kept things under control, kept God's people connected to him until Emmanuel, literally God with us, was born. Verse 21, if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. If we could meet the standard, then salvation would just be a transaction. Paul says to the Ephesians, It is by grace you've been saved through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. If we could earn life, then we would not need God. We'd be able to pay enough obedience to pay for eternal life. Many other faiths operate this way, where God is just kind of a cashier. He scans your salvation and tells you what it's going to cost and ensures that the right amount is paid, sort of a gatekeeper. And you might never know his name. You can check out at a Walmart or Target and never know the person's name who checked you out. 
But verse 25 says, Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. This is not a cashier-customer relationship. This is a parent-child relationship. God wanted an actual relationship with his children. He wanted his children to ask for his help. Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And yeah, it takes a certain amount of humility to ask for help, but everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Paul says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. So today, here's a scenario. You're talking to a... Imagine, just go with me on this. You're talking to a friend, and he says, Ugh, suppose I need to go to the movie today. How about this? He goes to the movie. Not now, obviously, because all the theaters are closed. But in theory, he goes to a movie, and he comes back, and you ask him, Hey, how was the movie? And he shrugs and says, Meh, it was fine. Do either of those scenarios really inspire you to go to a movie? We get to have a personal parent-child unconditional love relationship with the creator of the universe who loves us so much that he sent his son to die in our place, paying the price for us so that we could have eternal life with him. And we roll our eyes and say, "Ugh, I suppose I need to read my Bible or I suppose I should spend some time in prayer or I suppose I should go to church. And somebody asks you how church was and we shrug and go, yeah, it was fine. Think about the image that you're sending others. How blessed we are to know God and his word. Who can you share your amazement with today? Who can you be amazed by God with today? Let me encourage you to be amazed by God today and to find someone with whom you can share that amazement. Let me pray for you. Father God, forgive us for the times that we take you for granted. Forgive us for the times that we, oh Lord, we treat our relationship like a transaction instead of like an amazing life-giving relationship. Lord, inspire us to share our amazement, to share your glory with those around us. Give us boldness to do that, whether online or in person this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm Nathan. This is Word in Motion. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.